AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Now, along with the guys from Fanball.com, here's the host for Fantasy Football Weekly, Paul Charchian. It is time for America's longest-running fantasy show, Fantasy Football Weekly, in our iHeartRadio production. I am your host, Paul Charchian from Fanball.com. My co-hosts today are Brian Johnson and Scott Fish. Hello, gentlemen. What's going on, Charch? It's a injury plague week four. That's what's going on. Yeah. So this is going to be one of those times where we're going to be recommending guys that we may not even talk about. Sean Culkin, get yeah, him in Sean there. Sean Culkin, get him in your lineup, right? Don't call him Macaulay. Um, it's Macaulay's oh. cousin, though. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah no, I just made that up. Well, I would believe it. <laughs> teams are so thin right now that, yeah, yeah they yeah, call him Macaulay's cousin. Uh, over the course of today, we're going to break down every matchup fantasy style as always we don't tell you which team will win we tell you which players will help your fantasy team win you'll hear letter grades on every meaningful fantasy player and we'd like to give you the rationale behind it you know here's it's not just that this guy's a b here's why he gets a b grade and you can decide if you want to go along with us or not Later on, we'll answer three tough questions. We'll also give you nine different players upon whom you can take a chance. These are guys that are not normally uh, startable and in many cases are on the waiver wire that you can pick up and play this week. And we'll also jump into a time machine to identify the players we'll be looking for on the waiver wire this week that everybody else is going to be trying to pick up next week. But blammo, already on your roster, you already got them. We've established in earlier shows our time machine goes blammo. That's the sound. That's the time machine sound. Hmm. It's a very futuristic sound. Blammo? No. 
Not really. Um, it's like a Batman, like old school Batman. It like, is. You're right. Like That's bubble. a good point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but when you try to go pick these guys up and they're already on a roster, it feels like a Batman punch to the gut. Somebody else has already beaten you to that guy. Mm. We begin with our matchups. First one out of the gate. Carolina taking on Houston. Scott on the Carolina side. Kyle Allen, four touchdowns last week. He's got six touchdowns and two starts, no interceptions. Mm. A lot of people feel like he might be the better of the two quarterbacks for the Panthers. What do you think he does against Houston this week? Well, he he got a Week 17 matchup for one of those, and he got Arizona's defense for the uh, other that, one. That helps. <laughs> so that is going to help you look good. Uh Mentioned last week uh, when talking about Houston, this secondary has an aging vet, a guy they picked up in free agency just to, you know after week one, and a rookie. Uh, it's it's actually still another decent matchup. The Texans are allowing 300 yards per game and multiple touchdowns in two of the three games. I still have a B grade on Kyle Allen. I think Houston's D mm-hmm. can get beat, and they're not pressuring like they used to. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, remember when J.J. Watt was something other than just a guy you saw on commercials? Right. <laughs> Man, I you know I'll watch whole games, and his name will come up like two times, and it's mostly because the announcers are gushing over how great he is. Mm-hmm. And then the whole game, I'm waiting for him to make a play. Yeah. We'll get to Derek Watt of uh, L.A., the the Chargers, later. He's the more relevant Watt than J.J. right now. Ooh, in, uh, TJ's yeah. almost oh, more relevant. TJ, right. too, definitely. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, How about James Watt? In the in the passing game. Father of the steam engine. Wow. I think that's he's more relevant. Deep diving right now. D.J. Uh, Moore, I'm not afraid. He only had two targets last week, but he did have eight in the game last year with Kyle Allen. Uh, I think it's just what the defense gave them last week. I mentioned last week how I thought... Samuel's deep speed could get a score, and it did. Mm -hmm. Uh, This matchup, I think, is a little better for Moore. Um, I don't think that first game means a whole lot. He's going to be matched mostly on Lonnie Johnson making his third career start. Uh, That should be a good day for Moore. I'm giving him a B. I'm also giving Samuel a B, though, as well. I think he can beat Jonathan Joseph. Still good, but he's he's getting up there. I think Mm -hmm. he can beat Jonathan Joseph. He grabbed five of his seven targets from Allen last week. Allen has trust in him. Uh, I like both of them with B grades. All right. Uh, Olsen, it's hard not to love this resurgence. Yeah, <laughs> I'm happy for the guy. Yeah. I think we all you know we all wrote him off as dead, but Greg Olson's back. Yeah, exactly. And and Kyle Allen looking for him in the red zone is nice. 75 yards, two touchdowns last week, hundred one week after a hundred and ten yard game. Arizona. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Uh th- this is this is crazy that uh it's 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 a good matchup. Houston is it's not a good matchup, excuse me. Houston is top five, but this resurgence of Greg Olson is giving him a C grade just because Kyle Allen seems to like him in the red zone. Sure. Uh McCaffrey, A grade. I, I, Houston could be the best defense in the world, and I'm still giving McCaffrey an A grade. He's he, he's he's his upside is 200 yards uh, in a lot of yeah, games. Well, he's got a 180 yard game and a 200 yard exactly. game this year, and you know between those two was a meh outing. Yeah. But and, and Christian McCaffrey gets all the running back touches, and Houston is giving up the second most receptions and over 137 total yards per game to running backs. So A grade for McCaffrey. On the other side, Watson, I'm giving him a B grade here. He has eight total touchdowns in three three weeks, including two with his legs. The most passing yards that the Panthers have allowed is only... This year is 208 and haven't allowed over 250 in their last eight games. And in that eight-game stretch, only three multi-touchdown games. But I think I think that it's it's going to turn up for Watson here. He's he's a little too good to a lot of the quarterbacks they faced in that span weren't Deshaun Watson quality. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm 
going to give him a... Can I give him a B minus? No. <sighs> give him a B. I'll get... You were right. happy with a B 30 seconds ago. All right, I'll give him a B. Thank you. Hopkins gets an A. He's going to get a healthy dose of James Bradbury, who is not as good as uh, Ramsey or Hayward. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bradbury's had ups and downs over his career. But uh, Hopkins was able to catch five-plus passes on each of those other two guys. He should be fine against Bradbury. Will Fuller, I had firmly on the bench, but he has seven targets in each of the last two games. Dante Jackson should have been a tough matchup for him because Dante Jackson can run with uh, Will Fuller. Dante Jackson is likely out for this one. This is one where you watch. If Dante Jackson doesn't play, Fuller can get in your lineup as a C grade. If he does, I'm benching Fuller. I think he's more than a C grade. And, you know, you're waiting for, you know, as we all know, it only takes one catch for Will Fuller. That's to true. rip off the, That's the true. long one. And um, Dante Jackson himself has already given up two touchdowns. So even if he goes, I kind of liked him in this matchup anyway. Okay. okay. So I, I, I like stick, him more than you do. Stick him in anyway. By the way, he's practically free in fan ball scoring for Will Fuller. He could be a very good DFS play. Stills and QT are, are splitting the slot snaps. I, I'm, I'm keeping them on the bench. And Hyde, after, uh, after 8.3 yards per carry in game one, he had 3.3 yards per carry over the last two games. He was saved by a touchdown last week. Uh, Carolina's middle of the pack. They've allowed some good games to Brown, Gurley, Peyton Barber, Dave Johnson. So I'm going to give him a C grade, but I don't love it. All right. That's the end of that. Cincinnati taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's been a dismal year for Joe Mixon, without a doubt. It looked a little better, I thought, last week. Offensive line getting a little healthier. What do you think about him against what's really a pretty good Pittsburgh run defense? Yeah, well, I don't. They haven't been that good. They've allowed the most total yards to running backs per game at 199. All right, I take it. So I take it. Take back. that. I, take that I, back. Big I, time, George. But uh, but you were right. Mixon's been a major dud, and even more concerning, he was banged up earlier in the year. But he hasn't been on the field for more than 60 percent of the snaps in any game. That's not bell cow well, status. It's, well, it's and the that, injury. It's the it injury is the injury, and it's the line. Anything else? But. I'm betting on a bounce back here for Mixon. Uh, as I said, 199 combo yards per game. The Steelers are allowing to opposing running backs. Uh, they've also allowed the third most catches to running backs. Of course, Gio Bernard is a threat in that category, which makes him a viable dart throw in PPR leagues. But I'm giving Mixon a B. He's going to bounce back in this game. I hope, as a Bengals fan. Yeah. Moving over to the receivers, Tyler Boyd gets a B as well. Uh, Boyd is fourth in targets among all wide receivers and uh, sets up nicely against the Steelers, who have allowed at least one wide receiver touchdown in every game. Fellow slot receivers Julian Edelman, Tyler Lockett, and Dante Pettis all fared well against Pittsburgh. And for what it's worth, Boyd uh, scored twice in his lone meeting with Pittsburgh last year. I do oh, believe A.J. Green was healthy, but yeah. still. But they have John Ross, the Bengals do. But he yeah. gets a C. Always a boomer bust play, but I'm leaning boom in this one. Um, Pittsburgh has allowed 15 completions of 20 plus yards already. God, so that plays geez. into uh, Man, that that's, that's a lot. That's nuts. That's a season for some secondaries. Yep. Wow. And uh, you know, Ross had two great weeks, and last last week he was shut down uh, by Tre'Davious White. Understandably, he's one of the better uh, shadow corners in the league these yeah. days. So we'll talk uh, more about I'm, him later. Yep. I'm giving John Ross a C. I do have to mention Auden Tate only because he's six five, two thirty. And looked pretty good last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, 88 yards against the Bills, but he's on the bench for now. But keep but we're your watching. eye, we're watching your eye on right. Auden Tate. Right. And uh, Tyler Eifert gets a C, too. Uh, this will be his first game against the Steelers since 2016. Hmm. Three years since Man. he's uh, faced <laughs> the Steelers. Uh, he ran three times the pass routes than uh, C.J. Uzoma last week, which was very encouraging. And Will Disley, George Kittle, both good games. Disley had a great game against the Steelers. So Eifert is viable with a C. And uh, that, that gives uh, Andy Dalton a C. Almost might take a chance on me runner-up. And uh, real quick, multiple touchdown passes of his last three against Pittsburgh. 
Pittsburgh, so he is viable, especially in two quarterback leagues over to Pittsburgh. James Conner, another major disappointment at the running back position, but yeah. this is a bounce back spot for him, obviously. And since he, he gets an easy A, I won't even go into it. You're starting James Conner with confidence this week, finally. So he gets an A, as does Juju. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster, of course. Uh, Bengals might be without their starting nickel corner, B.W. Webb, who's actually good yeah. at football, one of the rare players on the defensive side, uh, which would leave Darius Phillips, Phillips and or Tony McRae to cover the slot. They are scrubs, needless to say. So, easy A for Juju. Cole Beasley caught eight balls out of the slot last week, so yeah. keep that in mind for Juju. And James Washington, Deontay Johnson... I'll give them both a C. Uh, the Bengals' Man. boundary corners are struggling big time. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of Buffalo's wideouts, uh, William Jackson and Dre Kirkpatrick have allowed three touchdowns to wideouts already. Deontay has out-targeted Washington over the last two weeks, so I would lean his way if I had to pick one. But uh, they're both dart throws uh, with the C grade. Uh, as is Vance McDonald. If he plays, he's questionable with a shoulder injury. Mike Tomlin says he's optimistic he'll play. Yeah, Xavier Brindle's dead. It's, yeah, they uh, traded for Nick Vanette. Yes, they did. So, I'll just put it this way. It's a good matchup. He gets a C if he plays. Uh, since he has allowed 50-plus yards to at least uh, the, to the last two tight ends they faced, one was rookie Dawson Knox, who actually scored a touchdown for Buffalo. Yeah. But if you're banking on McDonald. This is a Monday night game, by the way. I know. No, we don't leave it's it's a Monday a huge night problem. Yeah. I don't know if I mentioned that yet, so you better add Nick Vanette if you're banking on Vance McDonald right, Monday night. Right, because you got to be able to pivot without yeah. dropping without dropping McDonald, which is a problem. And then, uh, you know, I liked, uh, including Juju, of course, uh, so I give Mason Rudolph a C. I like a lot of the, the Pittsburgh Man, receivers. Rudolph looked so bad last year. He Man, did. you're yeah, counting a lot week, on did. the Bengals' defense know, being but, really bad. But Juju bailed him out, right? And well, this is on a one game. catch. I know, but Juju's probably going to bail him out twice in this game. I hope Juju's right. going to have a monster game. I, I hope you're right. He's a he's a cheap DFS option on Fanball and maybe a, a QB two. Yeah, Rudolph uh, in Superflex leagues, but yeah, he's really on the bench in standard. Oof. Cleveland takes on Baltimore. Let's start on the Cleveland side where Nick Chubb gets a B grade uh, against a tough Baltimore defense. He's averaging 24 carries and targets together, which is good. No lack of volume here for Nick Chubb. Um, But that's about the only good news I've got for you. The Ravens held David Johnson to 14 yards earlier this year. Last week, uh, Daryl Williams and LaShawn McCoy were able to get a lot done. They put up 190 total yards between them. But the Chiefs are just such an outlier offense. It's hard to draw any comparisons to the Chiefs and then the Browns. So I, I don't know that it even matters here. Only one back has topped 100 yards against Baltimore. In their last 27 games, one 100-yard rusher against Baltimore. Wow. That's it. Chubb ran for 20 yards against Baltimore last year as the Browns starter. So you know, we'll we'll put him somewhere between 20 and 100 yards in this one. And a B grade, we're really hoping on a t- for a touchdown for Nick Chubb. Uh, into the passing game where I've only got a couple of starters for you. Baker Mayfield with just a C grade. He's got to be fantasy football's most disappointing quarterback, right? Nobody else is better. Nobody yeah. else has been more disappointed. No, was that, whole, that whole Cleveland offense was a, a yeah. whiff on my part. I thought they. Well, and you and everybody else, yeah. Scott. Um, tough matchup on the road in Baltimore. Yes, Patrick Mahomes humbled the Ravens last week, but that's Patrick Mahomes, and you know you can't compare him to anybody else. Prior to the Chiefs game, the Ravens had allowed zero or one passing touchdown in seven of the previous nine games. I think you're likely looking at a one-touchdown effort for Mayfield here. And then a B-grade for Odell Beckham, who's getting tons of targets, 30 already. But get this, 30 targets, 19 receptions for Odell Beckham. That's it. That stinks. 
And it's some of that's I think most of that is on Baker Mayfield just misfiring, which is crazy because he's such an accurate quarterback. Yeah, historically, year, yes, yeah, this yes. year it's different right now. Um, worryingly, is that a word? Worryingly, worryingly, <laughs> it uh, is now. Odell Beckham has garnered one red zone target this year. Mm. One, he's been targeted thirty times, only once in the red zone. Come on. Odell runs from the outside, where cornerbacks Marlon uh, Humphrey and Anthony Averett wait. Cleveland would be wise to put Odell opposite Averett, who's yielded 90 yards per game. That's fourth most among all cornerbacks, and Averett's given up two scores already. That is a winnable matchup for Odell, so he is a B start. Jarvis Landry's on the bench. Two career touchdowns with Baker Mayfield at the helm. That's it for Jarvis Landry. And he somehow turned 23 targets into just 10 catches this year. Tough matchup against a good slot corner, Brandon Carr. Jarvis Landry, you're on the bench. I, I dropped him in a league. I don't blame you. No qualms. And that was like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and, I could saw it coming. And I'm sure <laughs> like, people are like, oh, Jarvis Landry. Yeah. You sabotage dropped. Jarvis Landry. Others, other, others picked him up, probably started him, and they're getting nothing now. Listen, all of y'all. Uh, let's go to the Baltimore side. Mark Ingram's been great. And in two meetings with Cleveland last year, the combined Ravens running backs, two meetings. So let me, I'm going to slow this down to make sure people get it. Two meetings with Cleveland last year, the combined Ravens running backs, 340 rushing yards. I'm struggling to remember who they were. Oh, it was Gus well, Edwards. Gus Edwards, Edwards, Edwards. Edwards. There. Lamar there Jackson. No, running backs. Just running backs. Just running backs. Okay. The, wow. The, the, the guinea pig shaver. 340 total Kenneth yards. Dixon? Is that your, your, yeah, your guy? Kenneth, or no, yeah. it was uh, Buck uh, Allen. Buck Allen was in there, too. Yeah. Oh. He did shave my guinea pig. <laughs> Here comes Ingram with his six yards per carry, almost two touchdowns per game. No-brainer. A grade for him. Lamar Jackson also an A grade. He faced Cleveland once last year and ran for 90 yards and two touchdowns. Brown's secondary is a wreck with injury. You're going to want to watch the status of Greedy Williams, Morgan Burnett, Denzel Ward. They're all shaping up as game-time decisions. Pay special attention to Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward, the fastest set of outside corners in probably the entire league. If those guys do play, they can use their speed to neutralize Marquise Brown and Miles Boykin. And if they don't go, I really like Marquise Brown and Miles Boykin. So let's talk about those guys. So for Marquise Brown, again, Greedy Williams, Denzel Ward, if they're in, if they're in the game, I got Marquise Brown at more like a C level. If they're out of this game, then I like Marquise Brown at an A level mm-hmm. against backup cornerbacks. Right. Um, and then also, if they're out, Miles Boykin as a dart throw makes sense. Mark Andrews still not practicing with a foot injury, but should play here. He did say today that he was very near 100%. Yeah. Um, and the only good tight end to face the Browns so far this year, Delaney Walker, rocked him for two scores. Last thing I'll mention, you need a deep sleeper at running back. Gus Edwards getting 22 snaps and 10 touches a game, and that by, might be enough to make Edwards a, a, uh, a potential sleeper against a Browns team that they just ran through last year. People need warm bodies at running back more than ever. They do. They really now do. more than ever. And J.H.I. just said, uh, just announced all 32 teams. He's ready to come back. So, well, what does that even mean? Announced to 32 teams. I, I tweeted an hour ago. Is that an announcement to 32 yes. teams? Yes, it is. It was a. It was. I'm sure his agent contacted them, and the Giants will be in touch shortly. Yeah, Ajayi <laughs> probably retweeted his own tweet saying that it still has no likes on it. No, Jay Ajayi, by the way, stinks. Yeah. He wasn't good before all the knee problems. 
I went to bat for him. Fish certainly went to bat I for him. Did. But yeah, I, uh, no, it was, kid, it we're, was done. we're done. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. All right. Let's let's just the, the best case scenario for Jay Jays ends up with the Giants, and I'm right. still not very interested. Right. Everything charge is available at fanball.com by going to fanball.com/charge. You get instant access to my free weekly rankings, my free. $1,000 weekly contest, all of our podcasts, and it's your portal to guillotine leagues. We are still forming guillotine leagues at fanball.com slash charge. Coming up next, it's a segment we call Take a Chance on Me. Nine players who would not normally start, but guys, you can start this week. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because, as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with Big Pop. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's gonna something new.
Football Weekly returns, courtesy of iHeartRadio. I am Paul Charchi, and my Twitter account is at Paul Charchian, which makes sense. Uh, Brian Johnson is at BTXJ. Scott Fish is at ScottFish24. These are nine players not normally in your starting lineup. We call it Take a Chance on Me. Many of these guys available on the waiver wire. And it is, a, as always, a very, very royalty-free version of Take a Chance on Me. When these guys pay out, you don't have to pay us anything. You get to keep all the money in the royalty-free version of Take a Chance on Me. We begin at the quarterback position. Brian, who you got? I can sort of taste a little bit of vomit coming up, but I'm still taking Marcus Mariota at Atlanta. Wow. The Falcons just suffered uh, another huge loss to their defense. Uh, safety Keanu yeah. Neal tore his Achilles for the second straight season, yeah. sadly for him. Yep. And when he went down last year, they got consistently shredded by anybody. Yeah. Especially pass catcher. Know, when he went down with the injury, the look on his face was a look of recognition. I'm looking at him going, oh, he's had this before. He knows exactly what this is. Uh, uh, yep. Mm. I felt bad for him. They say it's like a drape getting pulled up or something. I don't even want to think about it. But anyway, the, the trend started already. Jacoby Brissett went for 3-10-2 after Neal went down. Mm-hmm. Um, the Falcons have also allowed uh, two rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks so far this season. Mariota is third in rushing yards among quarterbacks so far, averaging 6.4 yards per carry. And despite a couple down weeks, I think 300 total yards and two total touchdowns is a safe floor and uh, the highest Jeez. second over-under of the week. Wow. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Uh, I'd be even more impressed if you told people to go with Corey Davis. Remember when he was a thing? Yeah. All right, let's go with your quarterback, Scott. I am going with Washington QB TBD. TBD. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like uh, Keenum is is back and ready to go. They're they're saying he's going to get the start. Uh, So I'm lighting him back up as my take a chance on me. The Giants are allowing 350 yards passing and three touchdowns per game to to opposing quarterbacks. It's unreal. As bad as Keenum has looked, he's still racked up multiple touchdowns in every game and 330 or more yards in two of those. And uh, this isn't a ball-hawking defense. You worry about those turnovers with Keenum? Uh, they only intercepted Jameis Winston once, which is... Which is yeah, a how about right that? There. That's not ball-hawking at all. No. Now, worry on Keenum is what happens first drive or second drive, he throws a pick. Mm. That might be it. Yeah, that's your. I mean, your the, upside is it's a Giants defense that yeah. can easily give up. You know, four hundred and four. I think he's your downside be fine is one. Keenum doesn't even finish the game. I think he's going to be fine in this one. And sounds like Colt McCoy is ready to go now I, too. I so he'll be that's, backing I, off. How about that? Um, the aforementioned Jacoby Brissett is my take a chance on me quarterback as he goes up against Oakland, coming off the best game of his career last week, and that momentum should carry forward against a wobbly Oakland's Oakland secondary, even with. Without T.Y. Hilton, probably does not play in this one. I don't care. The Raiders are allowing a completion percentage of 69%. That's eighth worse. Nice. And Brissett has topped 75% twice in three games. Even without Hilton, give me Paris Campbell. I'll go to war with mm. Paris Campbell, Chester Rogers, and Zach Pascal as the Colts' starting wideouts if I have to against Oakland because they're that bad. Let's go to the running back position. Brian, who you got? I got old Yeller, TJ Yeldon of Buffalo. Actually, oh. pretty young. He's only 25 years old. Yeah. Uh, but they're uh, they're at home against New England. So get this: Buffalo is three and zero at home 
Seven-point underdogs, <laughs> of I, course, but they, it's to the Patriots. They should not be seven-point underdogs. That's a lot of points. We'll talk more about that matchup. Yeah, they're, they're laying a lot of points, uh, but TJ got uh, – we're assuming Devin Singletary is out, by the way. We'll talk more about this game, yeah. but he is likely to not come back this week. Even uh, if, Well, as we'll talk about it. Right. We'll talk about it more in the, in the matchup anyway, but right. even if he does come back, it's a tough matchup. Yeah, this, this is a game script uh, for, for Yeldon, uh, without a doubt, uh, and it's been that way for Buffalo backs against New England for years. Last year, uh, Buffalo backs totaled 13 catches across two games. And uh, with the Patriots likely to focus on stopping Allen's legs and uh, John Brown's speed, five to six catches for Yeldon uh, should be a lock. He had eight carries last week, two catches. Um, I'm seeing 10 to 12 touches in PPR leagues. I'm playing them. Okay, sounds good. You're running back, Scott. I'm going with Adrian Peterson. Uh, he just got done facing three top 10 defenses in the Bears, Eagles, and Cowboys. Mm. Now he gets a Giants defense that is bottom six, and they've allowed 26 rush attempts, not touches, rush attempts Dang. per game. Wow. 26, 26, and 27, I believe, in the three games. And uh, their starting middle linebacker, Alec Ogletree, out for this one. So I think this is lining up for an actual Adrian Peterson I do too. decent game. I do too. Uh, that you probably won't use it much for the rest of the season, but here's the week for this you. This is it. If not now, when for Adrian Peterson? Right, you, right. Seriously. Why, if you're not starting him here, why is he on your roster? A bottom six D rush D without their middle linebacker. I was team Peyton Barber, um, and I still kind of am team Peyton Barber, but I'm not so stubborn that I won't acknowledge that Jones has got just more work, more yards, more attempts, and mostly looked better than Peyton Barber. Ooh, it hurts. Um, Now... There's a little bit of caution here. Jones has had two quality outings. Uh, he still only played like 30% of the offensive snaps in the games in which the two games in which Jones got a bunch of carries. But I like the game script here against the Rams. Now, the Rams are an elite pass defense, but they have allowed at least 100 rushing yards and or a touchdown to a running back in nine of the last 12 games, obviously going back to last year. Jones got those two quality starts already this year. I'm going to try him for one more, and now watch. It's going to be the paper Peyton Barber show. Of course. But I'll, I'll, we'll try Ronald Jones in this one. Or Dare Ogunbowale. Did I say mm-hmm. that right, Fish? Pretty close. Ogunbowale. 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 Ogunbonos. All right, let's go to the running uh, – sorry, receiver, wide receiver position. Well, you said it's funny I didn't take Corey Davis. Um, yeah. I am going to take a Titan receiver, but it's not Corey, Corey Davis. Davis. Right. It's not AJ Brown, it's Adam Humphreys. Actually, one of my sleepers from the the preseason too. By the way, yes, very slow start. By the way, yeah, very slow start. Last week, I don't though, want to brag about that. Six catches on nine targets looked pretty good, and he's going to look good this week uh, against Atlanta. And it's just it's all about how this matchup uh, lays out on paper. Uh, here are the opposing slot receivers uh, against the Falcons so far this year. Adam Thielen, three catches, forty three yards, and a touchdown on just three targets. Remember yeah, the Vikings right. threw the ball ten, ten times, times in that game. game. Yeah. Uh, next week, Nelson Aguilar, eight for one hundred and seven in a touchdown all right. on ten what, targets. Yeah, missing two, missing like every other receiver. Receiver, but still, okay. Well, the, the Titans are missing receivers too. They have Corey Davis and AJ Brown on the outside. So, and <laughs> then last week, fairly stated. Okay, last week, Ty Hilton and Zach Pascal both scored from the slot, and overall, Colts receivers were eight for eight for fifty-nine yards and those two touchdowns. So, mm. Adam Humphreys all day. All right, Scott, who is your take a chance for me receiver? Uh, I'm going with Will Disley. This feels like cheating almost because yeah. the Arizona Cardinals are just. <laughs> Terrible against tight ends. TJ Hawkinson, 6 for 131 in a touchdown. Mark Andrews, 8 for 112 in a touchdown. Greg Olson, 6 for 75 in two touchdowns. Hayden Hurst also scored. The Arizona Cardinals are allowing almost twice as many PPR fantasy points as the, the, the second worst team. 
against tight ends. It's unbelievable. It's insane how bad they are. I've got Marvin Jones going up against the Chiefs. It's taken a while for Marvin Jones to get comfortable coming off of last year's knee injury, but it looks like he's back on track, and he's led the team in targets yards and air yards last week. Juicy matchup with the Chiefs. They're perennially lousy secondary. He goes up against Brashad Breland or and or Charvarius Ward on the outside, and both guys are slow. Now, Marvin Jones is not like track star speed fast, but his whole deal has been downfield separation. That's the definition of his career. He can get it here. He only needs one long reception. The Lions going to be playing from behind, and Detroit's going to be passing regularly. Kansas City seeing the eighth most passes in the league. Marvin Jones. Was he your take a chance of me guy last week, or did you just like him last week, Brian? I wasn't on the show last week. Oh, you weren't. It was somebody I, else. I was thinking, I remember yeah. years ago, uh, John Tooby used to be on the yeah, show. Well, yeah, that's he how he came up last the, week. The, the, yeah, he had okay. the four touchdown. I was just listening yeah. back in those days. That but. was the all-time great take a chance on me hit of all of, of the his 25-year history of the show was the four-touchdown game that incredible. Marvin Jones had. Yeah, it was with, the, with the Bengals, of course, back in the day. Uh, was it? Yeah, I think yeah, it was He was Bengals. a Bengal. Yeah. Uh, Chargers taking on the Miami Dolphins. Scott, for the Chargers, it's a lot of shifting sands here because we have so many players that are out. Hunter Henry's out. Mike Williams is out. Travis Benjamin is out. And Justin Jackson is out. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy, but whatever's left in there, get in your lineups. <laughs> the Dolphins are 31st against quarterbacks. 28th against wide receivers, 9th most passing yards allowed, the most touchdowns allowed to quarterbacks, 4 per game, which <laughs> is unreal. 2nd <laughs> most wide receiver touchdowns allowed, oh, and the running game, most rushing attempts, most rushing yards, 2nd most rushing touchdowns, the most receiving touchdowns to running backs, the most total yards allowed to running backs. They're bad everywhere. Ekelar should be a top 5 back without even trying this week yeah. with Justin Jackson. And I think, I think they're going to try a lot, actually. Yeah. So, Imagine you're the Chargers, and you don't have you know you've got Justin Jackson out. Melvin Gordon just joined the team, and you know that Gordon's going to get a fair amount of work going right. forward. We'll talk more about it in detail yes. in a minute. Why not just run Eckler for the whole yep, game exactly. and not even risk Rivers, who doesn't have any of his starting receivers other than Keenan exactly. Allen? Exactly. I do think you still give Keenan Allen an A grade here. He got 15 targets last week with Hunter Henry out, so I think that uh, I think that he's still an A play. But mm-hmm. it's all Eckler, it's all Allen. There are sneaky people trying to get Sean Culkin at tight end because yeah, Troy Mayne Pope. Yeah, Troy. Yeah, Troy Mayne Pope, uh, former Seahawk, I believe. Uh, he'll be backing up Eckler. Those are sneaky plays. I'm not, too, it's, it's probably it's, too sneaky. It's probably too cute, but A grades on the players that you would play from the Chargers. On the Miami side, Preston Williams, I'm giving a, a C grade. I kind of want to give him a B grade with Casey Hayward possibly out yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Preston Williams has 12 targets in every single game he's played with Josh Rosen. How about that? All, all, <laughs> all one. one of them? Okay. All one. But he's fourth in the NFL in red zone targets, and he's had double-digit fantasy points every single week in PPR, at least. I, I, look, I've got, yeah, I got Preston him. Williams in a start bunch him. of leagues. Yeah, yeah get him in do there. It here. That's it. Uh, you've probably heard us talking about the Guillotine League, the hottest new format in fantasy sports. Each week, the low-scoring team gets cut from the league, and their entire roster goes to the waiver wire, and all the remaining teams get to bid on those guys it's awesome fun and we're still creating guillotine leagues you can join one or learn more by going to guillotine league.com powered by fanball.com 
Coming up next on Fantasy Football Weekly, we will break down more matchups for you, including New England at Buffalo, a tricky matchup for many of your Patriots. You don't want to set your lineup until you listen to what comes next. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Listening to Fantasy Football Weekly, an iHeartRadio production. I am Paul Charchi, and my co hosts are Scott Fish and Brian Johnson from fanball.com. 
You can hear us over the air on many stations around the country, maybe even right now. And this show is also a podcast available every Friday on all major podcasting platforms, including the number one destination for podcasts, the iHeartRadio app. Mm. Um, you normally start all your all your Patriots in pretty much every game, but this one feels like a trap to me. At Buffalo, Buffalo is a damn fine pass defense in mm-hmm. particular. Tell me what you think about the passing game for uh, for New England, Tom Brady, Edelman, Gordon, those guys. All right, let's just start with Brady. Uh, and I'll he's getting a C and yeah, he's borderline benchable. I'd be looking elsewhere. I think I like all of our Tacom quarterbacks more than Brady this week. Um in his last four games against Buffalo, three touchdowns, four picks, two by the way. Mm-hmm. And that secondary is probably better than it's been in, in, in those previous four games. And um, Buffalo has held each opposing quarterback to just one passing touchdown this season. That said, those were Sam Darnold, Eli Manning, and Andy Dalton. But still, uh, over their last 18 games, only one quarterback has had a top-10 finish against the Bills going back to last year, of course. And that was some guy named Andrew Luck. You remember him? I, mean, I remember that. Not even it, in the league anymore. Yeah, he used to play. Uh, yeah. Two touchdowns is the absolute ceiling for Brady. And so Well, because it's, it's 17 of the last 19 quarterbacks to face the Bills, zero or one touchdown. Yeah, That's so, it. I'll give him a C because it's Tom Brady, but again, look elsewhere if, if you can. I would not fault you at all. Um, to speak to his receivers real quick. Uh, Julian Edelman was knocked out of last week's game with a chest injury. Returned to practice in a limited fashion this week. You always got to expect the Patriots to play. It seems like none of them are rarely ever scratched. So I'll give him a B, assuming he goes. He has scored or topped 100 yards in three straight against Buffalo. And uh, slot receivers versus the Bills this year have uh, fared pretty well. Jameson Crowder had 14 catches for 99 yards. TJ Jones of the Giants uh, scored a touchdown, and Tyler Boyd was serviceable. Uh, was six for 67 last week. Yeah, uh, that, that's the weak part of the Bills yeah. secondary is the slot. And I like Edelman better than any of the other receivers. The strongest part of their secondary, possibly the strongest, best cornerback in the league. And yes, Jalen Ramsey, that does include you, is Tredavious mm-hmm. White, who will be shadowing Josh Gordon uh, all game long, likely. So Gordon, uh, when on his game, is nearly impossible to cover, so I'll give him a C, but temper your expectations, because Tredavious White shuts people down, and uh, yeah, he'll be all over time. Gordon mm-hmm. uh, all game. And Philip Dorsett has caught five of Tom Brady's last nine touchdown passes going back to last year's uh, playoffs. How about that? But this is a bench game for him. But he's a guy who should be on roster. Oh, uh, in for my, sure. Yeah, if he's out there on your waiver wire, I would go grab him immediately. Uh, now let's talk about the running backs, unfortunately. Uh, we'll start with Charge's boy, Sony. What have you dubbed Sony Michelle Charge? Sony Walkman. When you average one yard per carry, you are walking, man. Well, he's walking the line of scrimmage. Against Sony anyone, Walkman not, and against anyone not donning a Dolphins uniform, he's averaging one yard per yeah. carry. Yeah, well, but, in two out of three games, yeah. one yard per carry. Come yep. on, yep. Sony Walkman. So he's on the bench. He's on the bench. Buffalo has allowed one rushing touchdown to running backs this year, and that went to Saquon Barkley uh, when he was healthy, obviously. And Buffalo held Le'Veon Bell and Joe Mixon under a combined 3.8 yards per carry. And you basically need a goal line plunge from Michelle, and I'm just not banking on that this week Mm -hmm. against Buffalo. Uh, Then over to the running backs, James White and Rex Burkhead. I'll give them... Both a C in PPR. Burkhead, I'll give him a C in standard, too. He looks like the best running back on the team. Uh, The Patriots lost fullback James Devlin for the season, and they don't really have a a backup from what I've heard, so they're just not going to roll with a fullback anymore. So that'll open up more opportunities for White and Burkhead. Buffalo has allowed two receiving touchdowns so far to running backs. And again, Burkhead looks better than White, so I would start him over White in this game. Uh, Over to the Buffalo side, not nearly as much to talk about here. Sorry, I'm getting my notes in order. Uh... It's okay. (laughs) 
Uh, well, Devin Singletary, as we mentioned, he won't play. Uh, we're Unlike, assuming he unlikely won't play. To play. Very unlikely to play. Um, that gives that puts Frank Gore at a C grade if he if uh, Singletary sits. The Patriots have allowed 101 rushing yards to running backs. All year, actually, that's really bad. That's yeah. including guys no, James yeah. Conner, Le'Veon Bell. They're, they're number. They're giving I've changed 35, my mind. I'm 30, benching Gore. Yeah, please. I'm benching Gore, and that's why T.J. Yeldon was my take a chance on me running back through the uh, air. Through the air in PPR leagues. In the standard, you're not going to go there with Yeldon. Only in PPR. No. Uh, and then John Brown is on the bench. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, maybe the best cornerback in the league as well, <laughs> will be shadowing yeah, Brown. Right. So he's on the bench. And I'll give Josh Allen a C, uh, just because um, the Patriots have allowed nearly seven yards per carry to running backs last year, which is a league high. And they're uh, I don't know. Allen's a mobile quarterback, so I'm going to give him a C, even though he hasn't done much against New England. It's only been one game, though. He hasn't played two. Minnesota takes on the Bears. It's the league's number one rushing offense against arguably the league's best rushing defense. Something's got to give. In the two uh, Bears games last year with the Vikings, Dalvin Cook, 51 total yards. That's it, including 12 yards at Soldier Field last year. But this is a whole different Vikings offense that is dedicated to the run. But does it matter? When only one runner has topped 55 rushing yards at Soldier Field in two years. Think about that. 55 is not even a high water mark. I mean, that's that's nothing. And only one runner has topped 55 in two years at Soldier Field. They've allowed two rushing touchdowns in their last 13 home games. It's a brutal matchup for Dalvin Cook. I give him a B out of respect for how uh, the Vikings are using him and the sheer volume I expect him to have in this game. Kirk Cousins is on the bench. Minnesota has the NFL's lowest volume passing game by a mile, just 21 passes per game. The next closest is 28. But the Bears see the third most passes in park because they're so hard to run on. So maybe volume won't be the problem here. What might be the problem is that the Bears have the number one pass rush by pro football focus. And the Vikings have the 31st-ranked pass block by Pro Football Focus. That's not good. There will not be a lot of long passes for Kirk to set up here because he's not going to have time for them. It's going to be a lot of short stuff, and that usually does not help fantasy owners very much. Stefan Diggs, just a C grade. He runs 77% of his snaps on the outside, so that gives him the toughest matchups on the field. Prince of Mukamara and especially Kyle Fuller, who is really good. Diggs has been very lightly targeted. And has a one-catch game, a two-catch game, and a three-catch game so far this year. And that's it. Um, the ups, Even with an uptick in targets, it might not matter considering Kyle Fuller is going to be on him for a lot of this one. Adam Thielen works the slot. And if the Vikings have any sense, they are going ru- to run at Buster Screen in the slot. Especially with Chad Beebe, normal, their normal uh, slot receiver out. I, really, I like Thielen, and they should use Thielen copiously here. I've got a B grade on him because he's got, like I said, he draws the easiest matchup there is on the field against the Bears. Buster Screen. Kyle Rudolph is on the bench. Uh, he'll continue to stay in block because I think he's going to have to here. The Chicago Bears have got awesome edge rushers, and I think that's going to force Rudolph uh, to stay back at the line of scrimmage for most of this game. On the Bears' side, I've only got two starters for you. We start with David Montgomery. Now, there is some good news here for Montgomery owners. He got 13 of Chicago's 18 running back carries last week so he's he's starting to get the majority of the work his yards per carry is increased in every game and he ran for five yards per carry last week against a terrible washington defense the vikings are normally an elite level run defense 
But this year, they've been softer. Aaron Jones put up a good game two weeks ago. They're giving up four and a half yards per carry, and that's just middle of the NFL. So David Montgomery could get a little something done. He's got a C grade here, as does Allen Robinson, averaging nine targets per game. So the volume is there. Um, unfortunately, it's Mitch Trubis- Trubisky dealing those that volume, but nevertheless, hopefully he can get a little something done here. Robinson has struggled in this divisional matchup in the past, just two catches and 28 yards in the two meetings last year, and he'll get a lot of Xavier Rhodes, but maybe through just volume, Allen Robinson can get a little something done here, C grade on him. I've got Trubisky on the bench. You know, he's, he's an easily flustered quarterback going up against a Mike Zimmer defense. Bad things are going to happen here. And he only put up 165 yards and 163 yards against Minnesota last year. Just one passing touchdown between the two matchups. Jeez. Taylor Gabriel's hurt. Don't chase his, his uh, touchdowns from last week. And he draws uh, Trey Waynes in a speed versus speed matchup if he does play. And then Tariq Cohen. Vikings have had one running back touchdown in their last 11 games. Only one has topped 34 yards in their last 11 games. Jeez. Bad matchup for T- Tariq Cohen as well. We're not going to uh, we're not going to try rolling the dice on that one. I've seen Cohen on uh, some waiver wires already. I I don't I don't blame him. He's, nope. He runs you for nothing. He gets you nothing on the ground, and then you just got to hope that you get something you know work, that you can work with uh, through the air. Final matchup of this segment: Scott Washington taking on the Giants, two of the worst defenses in the NFL, facing each other here. Right. The uh, Case Keenum was one of my take a chance on me players, and so was Adrian Peterson. Yeah. So let's What's stay left. At, yeah, exactly. I, at the run game, I don't think we have Chris Thompson uh, left. He he's on the bench under ten ton touches a game, and I said I think it's a Peterson game. Yeah, I do too. Uh, in the passing game, it sounds like Terry McLaurin is going to go. He did not pack to practice Friday. Reports are mm-hmm. it was precautionary. If he does go, I like him in this one. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it's a great matchup. He has touchdowns in three straight, 62 or more yards in three straight, five catches or more in three straight. The only team worse than Washington against wide receiver is the Giants, who he's playing against. Right. So, what do you think about like the depth receiver? What is, is Paul Richardson interest exactly. you? Does Trey Quinn interest you in this one? This this is my what-if scenarios. I have Richardson with a C. He scored in two straight, uh, second the team in reception, snaps, etc. I have him with a C grade if McLaurin doesn't go. Uh if McLaurin does go, if he doesn't go, I'm starting both Richardson and Quinn. Yeah. Quinn will be against Grant Haley, who's allowing 77% of his of his passes that direction to be caught. Yeah. And four touchdowns are allowed already in three games. That's unbelievable. That's a good matchup most, for, from Trey Quinn. Most quarterbacks, cornerbacks in the NFL give up four touchdowns all year. Yeah. Grant Haley's given up four in three games. Yep, exactly. Uh, Quinn, second in targets, uh, third in reception. I mean, he's startable if McLaren doesn't go. Mm-hmm. I'd be a little more hesitant if he, if McLaren does go. On the other side, on the other side there, we got Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes. I think he's very startable again here. Yeah. Uh, a grade. He, he was almost my take home last week, but he wasn't in my matchup, so I didn't do him. Uh, maybe, actually, I think Matt did last week. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Jones... A grade here. It's it's already a great matchup. The Washington's allowed three straight quarterbacks to throw three touchdown passes or more, and two of those top three hundred yards. Dak even had sixty nine yards rushing against them, and mm. Danny can Danny can run. Uh, Shepard, I like Sterling Shepard and, and as an A grade here too. Washington's already allowed eight wide receiver touchdowns in three weeks. Um, he's had at least six receptions and at least seven targets in each of the two games played. Ninety five percent snaps in both. Last week, his only week with Daniel Jones. 100 yards and a touchdown. 
Um, and he's going to be matched up against a, a seventh-round rookie, Jimmy Moreland, who's allowed 11 of the 12 passes his way to be completed. So that's a good matchup there for mm-hmm. Sterling Shepard. Uh, Evan Ingram, A-grade. Uh, Washington's been stingy against tight ends uh, over the last year and a half or so, but the two tight ends that have actually performed against them Evan Ingram and Zach Ertz. All right. They're good. <laughs> yes. So uh, based on what Evan Ingram's done this year so far, averaging 10 targets a game, 8 catches a game, what he did last week with Danny Dimes, I'm still giving him an A grade. I have a C grade on Gallman just on volume. I don't think he's very good. He hasn't been very good. Mm-hmm. Mobile quarterbacks can open it up a little bit for running backs. I'm only giving him a C grade because he might get 15 touches. Sell at all costs yeah. if he has a good game. Yeah, this to might anyone, be yeah, this might anyone be your with a slight hint of being a sucker in your league. So yeah. Gallman to them. Yeah, I think you're I think you're onto something with that. Um the Thursday night game, Jordan Howard with the big three touchdown explosion and honestly looked pretty good for a lot of that game. He did. And you know, Sanders looked pretty good too. Um but do you think that this is a sell high moment for Jordan Howard, or are you just happy you got him? Oh, I'd sell high. Yeah, I'd absolutely yeah, I mean, sell high. Sell high on this one. Yeah, yeah. I, if he's obviously not going to get three, he probably won't get three in a game all year. You, 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 you seek out the Miles Sanders owner because he's panicking right now. Yeah, that's your best chance to sell Howard high is uh, finding the Sanders owner who's freaking out. I like that angle, and that's the kind of questions we've got coming up next when we answer three tough questions. You can play along, try to go a perfect three and O against our panel of experts. Can you go three and O? Fantasy Football Weekly returns. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? 
Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons. Lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. It is Fantasy Football Weekly. I'm Paul Charchian, fanball.com. Scott Fish and Brian Johnson with me, boys. It's time to get into the grinder. With three tough questions. Listeners, you can play along. See if you can go 3-0. and I'll dole out the questions. They'll try to answer. I'll give the correct answers. Beginning with... Tough question number one. Carrion Johnson is getting plenty of use, but not necessarily a lot of results. Going forward, is he an RB1, an RB2, flex or bench player? Brian. Uh, well, let's just talk about carry on. He is currently around RB24 in uh, most formats, uh, which puts him in flex territory. But uh, the usage suggests otherwise. He's ninth in carries among all running backs, which is very encouraging. Uh, he also leads Detroit running backs in catches and uh, receiving yards. He also has scored a receiving touchdown. The team uh, recently cut C.J. Anderson. Uh, he's long gone. Mm-hmm. Ty Johnson will factor in on third down and, and spell him every now and again. But we all know uh, Daryl Bevel loves to pound the rock. You've preached that all summer, Charge. And uh, Detroit is hovering around 30 rush attempts per game. And, uh, 29 and a half. 29 and a half. And uh, they do have some plus matchups coming up. Uh, shootout on the horizon with the Chiefs this week. Uh, they get Green Bay uh, next week. Jordan Howard just uh, blomped a hat trick on the, mm-hmm. on the Packers. Uh, they, then the Vikings. That's a tough matchup, of course. But then the Giants and Oakland. So yeah, right there, that's juicy. like a, a good enough stretch to finish as a flex player and not play any more games for the rest of the year. Uh, of course, it'll be Chicago sprinkled in twice and the Vikings again, but uh, long story short, the usage should stay consistent if he stays healthy. I'm going RB2. Okay. Uh, I'm also going RB2. His snaps went from the mid-50s until the release of C.J. Anderson when it went up to 75% of the snaps played. Mm -hmm. He also had 16.5 touches per game without C.J. 21 last week. He didn't do a lot with it, but it was against a very good Eagles run defense who haven't allowed a runner over 45 rushing yards this season. If the 20-touch thing continues, he's easily going to be an RB2. 
So RB2 is your answer. Sure. All right, you guys hit on some of the salient points, but not all of them. Did you know he's faced more eight-man boxes than any runner? And I think he's been as much as anything the victim of the schedule. All four of the Lions' opponents, including this week, the Chiefs, are particularly weak against the pass. I mean, the way you beat all four of the opponents they've had is you throw the ball on them first and foremost. And so I think at time we're going to see the game plan swing more his way with better opportunities for the running game. Keep in mind, Kerryon Johnson averaged five yards per carry as a rookie. Mm -hmm. He's a good runner who just hasn't had breaks with the schedule, the the game mix, the way things have gone so far. And with C.J. Anderson out of the mix, to Brian's point earlier, and these incredibly easy matchups, he's going to get an A grade almost every week for the next six weeks. It's going to be an RB1 level starting status for carry on johnson keeping the faith keeping the faith tough question number two sony walkman michelle averaging one yard per carry in two of his three games going forward is walkman an rb1 an rb2 a flex or a bench player scott this might be a little contrarian, but I might be going all the way to bench. I hate doing the New England backfield thing anyway, mm-hmm. but this performance has been just bad. I know that on Friday, Bill Belichick gave him like a little vote of confidence and, and spoke nicely about him. He's he's doing what we ask him to, etc. But uh, even with Devlin on IR and Burkhead questionable, uh, <laughs> Burkhead and James White are both just better at both ends of the game right now. And they did draft Damian Harris, who hasn't gotten an opportunity yet. I, I don't want to predict this offense at all, and I think that fantasy-wise, it's going to be very split going forward. He He's going to be tough to figure out. I think he's a bench player. All right. Yep. So you got Sony, Walkman, Michelle's a bench. How about you, Brian? Yeah, uh, we can call him Benchman, I guess, because I got him on the bench, too. And you're like, well, at least he'll play Miami one more time, right? Yeah, he will in week 17. Sorry. You don't even get that game, uh, Sony owners. I, I don't have much else to add other than uh, New England already has a. Uh, Two devastating blows to their offensive line. They're starting center and right tackle, I believe, are already mm-hmm. on IR. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's just always been a muddled mess. I mean, Brandon Bolden is still actually a thing in New England, too. You just can never. He's on roster? I believe yeah, so. Yeah, he wow. He's, he's, he's been getting snaps. I, well, he's he, getting snaps. Yeah. So. Special teams ace, I know that's his bit, but still. And, uh, I mean, Rex Burkhead just looks better. And the only thing that might be going in uh, Michelle's favor is Burkhead has only played 18 games over the last two seasons, hasn't proved to be entirely durable, but no one's rooting for injury there, uh, but no, he's not the best running back on the team, so he's just a bench player. Just don't even worry about him every week. You don't want to put yourself through that. Just put him on the bench, and you'll be fine. Um, so, his lack of productivity for Sony, Walkman, Michelle, has been masked. Fantasy productivity has been masked, I think, and NFL productivity has been masked by the two touchdowns for fantasy owners, mm-hmm. right? So, the two touchdowns give you this false sense that Michelle's okay. Clearly, he's not. Uh, in fact, without those two touchdowns, I uh, I ran some uh, I ran some estimates about what, where his scoring would be, minus the two touchdowns. I'm just picturing He'd you be, with like glasses, a yep, calculator, yep. Advocate, oh, the whole deal. He'd be running back 532. Jeez. Yeah, it's pretty bad. That's not. It's good. really bad. Um, look, he just doesn't pass the eye test. Sony Michelle's slow. He's tentative. The offensive line's a wreck, as you guys mentioned. You know, fortunately, he's bailed out by those awesome pass catching ability. Oh, oh, he doesn't. He doesn't catch any passes oh. either. Another but area, Damon Harris is better. This is where I was ready to give him the bench grade, but then 
there's the schedule. schedule. The After Buffalo this week, you get Washington and the Giants. Are you seriously telling me against Washington or the Giants, a guy who gets the vast majority of the and carries... He gets a lot of the goal line stuff. And all, virtually all the yeah. goal line carries is not going to get a starter's grade? Yeah, he, he will. He is. He will. And he, there's this. He doesn't fumble. He's on the field a ton, or at least mm-hmm. so far. He hasn't been benched yet. Uh, frankly, I would bench him, but I don't think Belichick's ready to yet. And because he's going to have starting grades over the course of the better part of the next month, Sony Walkman, Michelle, is a flex player. Tough question number three. With Melvin Gordon back, going forward, is Austin Eckler an RB1, an RB2, a flex, or a bench? You may have noticed a theme riding through this particular edition of Three Tough Questions. Brian, is Austin Eckler an RB1, RB2, flex, or bench? This is a uh, very tough question. Um, Real quick, Eckler's snaps have gone down uh, as the season has started, by the way. 75% to 73 to 65. Uh, that was already discouraging before the Melvin Gordon news that he's coming back. So, Gordon's coming back, as we all know. Not this week. Or it could be this week. Could we'll talk more this about week. this game. Yeah. But it'll be a yeah. very limited role, of course. But you would have to assume it's going to be two to three weeks before Gordon gets up to full speed, if ever. I mean, missing training camp is not an ideal scenario for any any football player. Um, after this week against Miami, Eckler could uh, put up enough points to uh, finish as a flex without playing any more games, too. But uh, let's just look at last year. Uh, in the games, Gordon and Eckler were both active. Gordon was about 70% of the snap share. Eckler was 30%. And Eckler was... He was a flex play a lot of weeks. Yeah. And back then, they uh, the Chargers had Tyrell Williams. They had Antonio Gates. They didn't have Hunter Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're just short on playmakers. Uh, way more short than they were uh, last year. So, I think Eckler... We'll find his way on the field a lot more uh, with uh, the injuries to wide receiver. Mike Williams is consistently banged up. So I'm going to say he maintains flex. He's going to be RB2 for a while, RB1 to RB2, then to a plateau of flex. So I'm just going to say flex. (laughs) Flex is your answer here. Okay, all right. I Scott. Al- I also went with flex. Uh, Melvin Gordon has a very extreme history of getting injured near the end of the season. Now maybe maybe this the short three, season. Now maybe this short season yeah. will aid that, or maybe he will not be in quite the same shape and it'll hurt it and he'll get injured mm-hmm. again. Uh, but his points already are getting him up in that area. I think he's still going to take snaps. But here's my main concern with ha- having Eckler any higher. I think they run the wheels off Gordon now. Because they they're not going to keep him later. <laughs> that's that's my thought process. So I'm hesitant to even say flex. But uh, yeah, you get him for one more RB one week, and then it's going to be rough going the rest of the season. Uh, you, my friend, have cracked the code. You're exactly right. Gordon's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. Charters know they're not bringing him back. Right. They are going to run him into yep. the ground. He's going to get the DeMarco Murray treatment. Remember when DeMarco Murray was charging yep. the free agency with Dallas? Yep. Dallas ran him into the ground and sent him packing. That's what's going to happen here with Melvin Gordon. Um, Austin Eckler, look, it, and as as the number one back, he's been great. Yep. But that's not going to matter here. Melvin Gordon's going to take over as the number one back, and then he's going to be great. I believe that we are going to see Austin Eckler as no more than a flex play the rest of the year, which is sad for his owners. I hope you enjoyed it while it lasted. You got four great games out of Austin Eckler. You're going to get one coming this weekend. And after that, 
It's kind of over. At the price you got him, you're happy. Yeah, I think you're happy. right. He's probably powered you to 3-0 and or 2-1 and right now. Yeah. Because Eckler was so good just with that alone. So, do you go to the owner in your league that's 0-3, and, and they just have to win? And you just say, hey, here's, Austin here's a win. Yeah, here's I'm giving Austin you a win. Here's yes, a win. I'm gi- it's a great strategy. It is. I'm giving you the win you need to have a prayer at the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So give me somebody good. Yeah. yeah. Try to sell them before this game. Mm-hmm. That's it. Agreed. Uh, if we have time at the end of the show, I'm going to ask you guys about some strategies on Saquon Barkley and what to do with him if you're uh, if you're thinking about trade, if you've got him and you need to get rid of him or if you're thinking about acquiring him. Brian, let's turn to the Tennessee matchup. You already told us that you kind of like you like some elements in the passing game for Tennessee, but I want to shift to Derrick Henry, who feels like a mortal lock in this game. Yeah, he is. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him an A, even though he probably should get a B. Uh, he has outtouched Deion Lewis 55 to 14 to this point, so he's the clear uh, alpha back on roster. He's even has he even has more targets than Deion Lewis. Are you so, serious? Uh, yes. Yeah, so wow. we're, not gonna, we're not even gonna talk about Deion uh, anymore. No. He's on the bench in this game. Uh, back to Henry, though, this could be a tough matchup on the ground. Uh, Dalvin Cook shredded the Falcons on the ground, but uh, after that, they held the Eagles and Colts backs to 3.1 yards per carry over the last two weeks. And, you know, the the Falcons used to always give up catches and bunches to running backs, but Mm -hmm. not so far this year, really. Uh, No lone back has topped three receptions, and Naheem Hines is the only running back to top uh, 15 receiving yards with, like, 24. So, they're not giving up a ton through the air, but I'm still giving Henry an A. I don't... uh, Yeah. Yeah. He's an A, man. He's an A. The other two workhorse backs that have faced Atlanta, Dalvin Cook, Marlon Mack, giant games. With I think they they may have each scored twice or twice. They got three between them, I believe. So I th- I see another big game coming for Derrick Henry. I like him more than you do. I just week. get nervous when I get I have so much confidence in Derrick Henry. Yeah, he, well that he, is true. Every time you think you're going to be okay. Uh, I have a, a lot of confidence in Delaney Walker too. Uh, the Falcons have allowed a combined 17 tight end receptions over the last two weeks. And again, they lost starting safety Keanu Neal, which bodes very well for Delaney Walker. Uh, is an easy start this week in the tight end late wasteland. Probably more like an a, but you're starting him either way. You are not starting Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. They've combined for 13 catches all season long. Those that's two. it? That's it. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Remember when A.J. Brown was a thing in week one? Yeah, that was a one long catch, though. He had three yeah. for 100. It was just like one uh, fluky long catch. The wide receiver you want to start uh, for Tennessee is Adam Humphreys, who was my take-a-chance-on-me wide receiver, and Marcus Mariota was my take-a-chance-on-me quarterback. Heaven help me. I'm going Batman and Robin with the Titans, uh, but I like them both in this matchup on okay. the fast turf. Uh, over to uh, Atlanta, Julio Jones, uh, easy A, has scored in seven straight and has 12 total touchdowns over his last 12 games going back to last season. Not going to justify that start anymore. Mm-mm. Calvin Ridley gets a B. Came down to earth last week, but a great spot for a bounce-back game, especially considering Dirk Ketter said Ridley could see the squeaky wheel treatment this week. We always oh, like really? that. Yes. What, was there some squeaking that I didn't hear about? I guess he was being a little squeaky behind the wheels, really? or maybe he misunderstood the squeaky wheel treatment. Yeah, maybe Ridley he doesn't know what that means. He probably just, maybe he heard the wheels in Ridley's head, but yeah, I doubt Ridley was outspoken about it, really. But um, right. Outside corners, Malcolm Butler and Adoree Jackson, uh, both allow quarterback rating north of 100. They are not that great. Uh, who is pretty good is Logan Ryan, the slot corner for the Titans. So, Mohamed Sanu is on the bench, but Austin Hooper is not. He's basically a top-five tight end right now. And uh, the Titans have not fared well against tight ends this year. Uh, four catches, 37 yards, and a touchdown to the Browns tight ends. Five, 46-1 to the Colts tight ends. And three, 26-1 to the Jaguars tight ends last mm. week. So, touchdowns in every game. Got to like Hooper. And uh, you got to like Matt Ryan with Julio Ridley and Hooper getting very 
positive grades. Not going to go too deep into that one. Yeah, but if we like all those receivers, obviously we like Matt Ryan. Yep, but we do not like Devonta Freeman. So Ito Smith might not play. Uh, I don't think he's going to with a concussion. So let's assume he doesn't. I'm still giving Freeman the C. Uh, after allowing just seven rushing touchdowns to running backs last year, Tennessee still dominant against the run. Yeah. Uh, running backs have just scored once on the ground so far. Marlon Mack had only 51 yards on 20 carries. Leonard Fournette, 66 yards on 15 carries. One of those carries went for 69 yards. Right, exactly. He was negative the rest of the game. You know what? I'm benching Devonta Freeman. I've changed my mind. I don't care if Ito's out. He's on the bench. Play TJ Yeldon. Boom. Every week, you can play the Crush Charge Championship for free at Fanball.com. When you assemble a better salary cap team than mine, you get a shot at this week's prize pool of $1,000. But more importantly, beating me is the only way you get an entry into our Week 17 championship game where you'll battle me for $10,000. Go to Fanball.com slash charge. We'll be back in moments with more of the matchups you need to set your lineup, including Kansas City, what to do with... Daryl Williams, LaShawn McCoy. We'll tell you when we come back to Fantasy Football Weekly. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because, as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. 
I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call him Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with Big Poppy. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. regular season edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. We are breaking down each of Sunday and Monday's NFL games. Fantasy style, put letter grades on every player, explain who we like, who we don't like, the rationale, all of that stuff. And if you miss anything in any other part of this show, you can get all my player rankings for free by going to fanball.com slash charge. Let's uh, talk about the first indoor game for Patrick Mahomes since entering the NFL. Since college. Yeah. Is his, that last, right? his last one, he had like 600 yards and six touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Hey, Texas Tech, what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, he's at Detroit for this one. And Mahomes and Kelsey are auto starts. They're obvious A's. Let's drill down on some of the trickier starts in this matchup. And we'll stay with the passing game where Sammy Watkins gets a B. He's commanding a massive 28% target share. And that's really critical to understand is this passing game still largely goes to Sammy Watkins. I know he's been mostly disappointing since week one, and you didn't even start him in week one, in all probability for many of you. Nevertheless, this is a nice matchup. He runs 46% of his snaps from the slot, and the Lions cornerback, Justin Coleman, was just eviscerated by two scores by Nelson Aguilar. And he's yielded three scores on the season. So I, I think this is a very good opportunity for Sammy Watkins to bounce back to something closer to what we saw in week one. He is a B grade. Mecole Hardman, with all that speed on the fast surface indoors against Detroit, I like him. He also runs the majority of his sl- uh, runs from the slot. He can also attack Justin Coleman if he's got Coleman on his side. And so this is a, another good opportunity for him. He's averaging 50 snaps a game, Mecole Hardman. He's on the field a ton. Plenty of opportunities to score. I like him to bring in a long uh, long touchdown in this game. Then there's Demarcus Robinson. He is at plays on the outside, so that means he's going for the sleigh ride this week. It's Darius Slay, who's been very good as usual. He's allowing just 52% of the passes in his coverage to be completed. And the other outside corner, Rashawn Melvin's also been really good. So Demarcus Robinson, just a C grade here. And honestly, if it were any other offense and any other quarterback, I'd probably tell you to bench him. Just a just a reminder, Darius Slay is questionable. So, yeah, so we'll we'll watch we'll, his keep, stats. Keep, keep an eye on that if you have Demarcus. Now, if Slay doesn't go, we'll we'll knock Mark uh, Demarcus Robinson up to a B grade, but he's a C as it stands at the moment. Uh, let's go to the running game. LaShawn McCoy, the Lions giving up 170 total yards per game to opposing running backs. They're allowing a score in every game this year. 
even the moribund Eagles carousel of backs put up 163 yards and a score in Detroit. So there's plenty to go around here, even if uh, LaShawn McCoy is stuck in a timeshare with Daryl Williams, which he probably is. Uh, McCoy gets a B, so does Daryl Williams for many of the same reasons here. And last week, he got more snaps than McCoy. He's healthier than McCoy. He got more carries than McCoy, more targets, more receptions. So Daryl Williams might even be the better play than McCoy. Uh, and if at some point McCoy's uh, ankle injury ends up being a bigger problem, then who knows? McCoy might hit the bench. So I think I prefer Daryl McCoy, although I give them both Bs. Let's go to the Detroit side. We spent a lot of time talking about Carrion Johnson uh, a little bit ago. He's getting just 2.6 yards per carry, which is deflating. Um, and he's top 51 rushing yards just once, once in his last seven games. But the Chiefs were just mauled by Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards for 156 yards and three scores. And Kansas City has allowed a touchdown to an opposing runner in 22 of their last 29 games. Jeez. That's a, that is what we call a trend. So I think Kerryon Johnson finds a way to be productive here, and he gets a B grade. Let's go to the passing game. Matthew Stafford with a B grade. The Chiefs' secondary has stymied two straight quarterbacks, which is impressive, but they were facing two very thin sets of receivers in Oakland and Baltimore. Lions have got far better receivers. Averaging just 32 temps in regulation, Matthew Stafford, his volume has been a concern here, but I think that won't be a problem against the Chiefs offense because you got to pass to keep up with the Chiefs, right? So I like Stafford, I like Galladay, and I like Marvin Jones, who was my take a chance on me wide receiver. Let's talk about Kenny Galladay, who also gets a B in this one. He will go up against Chiefs corner Charvarius Ward the most, and Ward's giving up three inches and 20 pounds to Galladay, who's a big dude. And he's giving up a 67% completion rate through three games. So I like Holiday here at a B level. Then there's TJ Hawkinson, who's frustrated a lot of people. But guys, last week, touchdown call back and penalty. And drop, a dropped touchdown pass for TJ Hawkinson. Let's not give up on the rookie quite yet. The Chiefs have allowed the most receptions to opposing tight ends, the fourth most yards to opposing tight ends. TJ Hawkinson can turn it around here. Chiefs are a bottom half defense in yards per reception allowed to tight ends. So we're all that together. I, I think we can go to war with TJ Hawkinson one more time. Let's see what happens. So I have Will Disley and Hawkinson in a tight, two tight end league, a league with you, Charge. But I have yeah. Darren Waller, who's obviously an auto start. But I've played the wrong guy between Disley and Hawkinson every, <laughs> every week, week this I season. Bet. I bet. You got to go Disley this week. But now I'm thinking Hawkinson. Really? <laughs> but I don't charge. Well, no, maybe I said Waller. No, we're not. Nah, nah, we'll I, talk about him. I don't think. It. I don't think you can. No. Uh, all right. Let's go back to the matchup. Seattle taking on Arizona. Scott, do you want to start with Will Disley? Uh, Just sure. we, since we're talking tight ends and we're talking Will Disley, we never start a matchup with Disley talk. No tight end talk. No. Let's do it. Here's my take a chance on me. Player Arizona is. Terrible, terrible yeah. against tight ends. The Giants that gave up a touchdown every week two years ago, they, they just mm. transferred it to Arizona there for this go. year, apparently. Yes. Uh, in, in that passing game, though, Arizona's terrible against the pass in general right now with Patrick mm-hmm. Peterson and Robert Alford still both out. Uh, so I'm giving Wilson an A grade here. The the. Seahawks are normally very run-heavy, but they're passing a lot more. Wilson's on pace for 550, 560 pass attempts this year at this point. Yeah. Uh, he had 50 last week, averaging uh, over 300 yards per game. The Cards allowing third most passing yards, second most passing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Gave Kyle Allen a career game. So yeah. uh, I'm loving the passing game. Tyler Lockett, uh, A-grade as well. 
he had never had double-digit targets in his in his career before this year. He's had double-digit receptions yeah. in two straight so games. I like it, baby. He's my number one ranked wide receiver this I, week. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Uh, DK Metcalf seems to find a, find his way to a big play every week. I think this is a matchup. It happens again. B yeah. grade for him. Carson, I'm giving a C grade. I think Penny's going to be out again. He only saw 15 touches last week with uh, Penny out. I think that's probably about what he'll see this week because I think it's going to be more of an aerial game. On the Arizona side, Kyler Murray, I am giving an A grade to. What? No, B grade. Right. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to see your face if I gave him an A grade. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I paused. Uh, I'm giving him a B grade B grade too. The Seahawks have allowed multiple touchdown passes in, in, every game this uh, every week this year. Mm-hmm. Um, significantly fewer yards, though, and, and part of that is because uh, they had faced Mason Rudolph and Teddy Bridgewater. Kyler Murray averages 15 more attempts com- per game than those two combined for yeah. against the Seahawks. So he's going to pass it. He passes over 40 times a game. He's going to get some I yards. I think he's the NFL's leading passer by attempts. Uh, oh, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, they're, they're leading in plays per game by like 10 or something. Wow. It's, it's crazy. Uh, Dalton had a bunch of garbage time. I think Murray can get that here. Uh, Fitzgerald and Kirk. I'm giving Fitzgerald an A grade and Kirk a B grade. Here's why. They picked up Jamar Taylor after week two. He's going to get Fitzpatrick or Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. Stu- the Seattle's two starting safeties are likely out as well. Jeez. So that do And when the Cardinals go four wide, they're really going to spread Seattle thin in the secondary. I think, Fitz- and they go four wide all the time. All the time, their two leading receivers, Fitzgerald and Kirk, receivers. are both slot receivers. Exactly. So, so with Kyler Murray having sixty percent of his targets go to the slot, mm-hmm. I like both of them. A and a B grade there. DJ David Johnson B grade here. Seattle is allowing fewer than sixty yards rushing per game to, and they faced Mixon and Connor and Kamara some some good good backs, but Bernard and Kamara were able to add six plus receptions each and and some good games there. I think David Johnson might get that there, even though Murray hasn't been passing to him a whole lot. Uh, I, I think that he might get that passing game work in this one. All right, that makes sense. Tampa takes on the L.A. Rams. Brian, I already told you I, I like Ronald Jones, but wouldn't be surprised if we had a decent game from Peyton Barber in this one as, as well. Rams are a very good pass defense and a lukewarm run defense. Jameis Winston, though, coming and Mike Evans coming off the gigantic game last week. What do you make of this one? So this is, uh, I have to give a shout out to Mike Taglier. Did I say that right, Scott? Taglieri? He did. Taglier. Uh, Taglier. Who uh, brought to light the the splits since the beginning of last season when Aqib Tlaib plays and when he does not play. Oh, oh there are yes. huge differences. In the 11 games with Aqib Tlaib on the field, the Rams are allowing 210 passing yards per game and .7 touchdowns and 1.4 interceptions. Yeah. Eight games without, 300 passing yards, (laughs) 2.9 touchdowns, and under an interception per game. Aqib Tlaib is playing. So Jameis Winston is on the bench for me in this game. And uh, Mike Evans is not on the bench, but don't expect a big game from Evans like he had last week. Um, Unlikely. Opposing number one wide receivers have been serviceable against the Rams. DJ Moore, seven catches for 76. Michael Thomas, 10 for 89. Beckham had six for 56. None scored. That's kind of the ceiling you're looking at with with Evans in this game. So he gets a B. and those wide receivers combined for 32 targets, by the way. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of targets and not a ton of production or touchdowns. Um, Chris Godwin 
going to give him a C. Uh, he will play. Uh, there was some concern with a hip injury, uh, but he returned to practice on Friday, so he should be good to go. Uh, but number two wide receivers have fared far worse than the number ones. And if you want to say Godwin's the number one and Evans isn't, then there is your argument. But I like Evans more than Godwin in this well, game. Godwin's questionable, too. So. He is questionable, but I think he will play. But re-aggravating that injury is also a concern, so just to see for him this week. O.J. Howard, uh, he's on the bench for me this week. Did show signs of life last week with 66 yards, but that was against the Giants. The Rams' defense is much better than the Giants' defense. Yeah. Uh, opposing tight ends have been shut down against L.A., totaling just 77 yards on eight catches all year long. Hmm. O.J. is going to be doing a ton of blocking in this game. Not a lot of pass catching. Uh, Peyton Barber, I have on the bench. Uh, he was out-touched by Ronald Jones last week, and uh, Dario Gunbowale has also eaten into his playing time. And FYI, Ogunbowale has more has run more pass routes than Barber and Jones combined huh. this season. All right. That doesn't surprise me. Far better pass catcher. And uh, the Rams should jump out to an early lead in this one. So uh, the game script uh, is just not in Barber's favor in this one. Uh, Ronald Jones is your take a chance on me running back charge. Yep. I will uh, stand by you with that one. Okay. My, uh, I would give him a C grade. Uh, I'll give him a C grade. Um, and Ogunbowale on the bench as well. Um, over to the Rams side, Todd Gurley, begrudgingly, I'll give him a B. Uh, has only averaged 3.5 yards per carry over the last two weeks, and those have been pretty good matchups. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't topped 20 touches yet. He has just eight receiving yards on six targets. And Tampa Bay's secondary is so bad, they're practically funneling the opposition to the pass. Yeah. They're just like, here, go ahead. <laughs> The, right, the opponents are passing nearly 70% of the time against Tampa Bay. Unbelievable. And, you know, Malcolm Brown is a factor, even though he's on the bench in this one, because uh, it's all about the passing game for me. But I'm just going to uh, I'll give him Gurley a B on name brand, but don't be surprised with the C level uh, production. I think I think he might chip in some receptions that will help. That, that, that certainly would help his cause. Um, who will chip in receptions are the wide receivers. I'm not going to go too deep into this one. They're all premium starts. I'll just say really quick preseason, it was Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup in that order, right? Yeah, totally mostly, flip-flop. Yeah, yeah. Now, now it's now Cup, Cup number one. Cooks yeah, stays sure. in the middle and Woods yeah. at the bottom. I know Fish and I were way off Cup. Um, yeah. I was way wrong there. I'm sorry, Cooper. I loved Cup last year. I did not have faith he'd be I, able to come back from that injury. We all liked Cup, but I think we we, we all, was all weren't days. sure about the injury. Yeah. And just was was he going to miss? Was it going to take him a month to ramp up? Was For a fifth-round pick, answer? that was my no. problem. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Cup's my number three wide receiver yeah. this week. Yeah. He gets the A. He's a, a top-five wide receiver yeah. right now. He, he gets so an easy A. Cooks, Woods, solid Bs. And then Jared Goff uh, gets an A. He's the new Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger when it comes to home road splits. Uh, this game is at home. We also what Dan Jones did to the Bucks last week. And uh, this one stat per Sports Info Solutions that I got via Evan Silva. Goff has a 17-2 to touchdown to interception ratio versus man coverage compared to 14-12 to against zone. And Tampa Bay's uh, defensive coordinator Todd Bowles is running man coverage at least uh, at the fourth highest rate in the league right now. So Todd that's... Bowles? How about Bowles? Bowles. Bowles. <laughs> Bowles. I'm pretty sure it's not Todd Bowles. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Have you never mispronounced a name on the show, Charge? Well, never <laughs> accidentally pronounced a name that would then turn a guy into a butt. Well, maybe I did it on purpose as a joke. Maybe. I wish I did, because it would have been funnier. That, would have, that probably would have been funnier. Um, I think that was about it for that matchup anyway. Our final topics are ahead. When we provide you with three guys, we will believe will be hot waiver wire pickups next week that you can grab this week. It's our time machine edition that we like to call premature speculation, and it's happening next, whether you're ready for it or not. Fantasy Football Weekly.
Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. you find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the Deflategate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, you... he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big pop. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0 in a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Football Weekly and iHeartRadio production. Remember, all my player rankings available for free at fanball.com slash charts. If you missed anything, a part of the show, it's a great way to recap all of the player information that you want to hear. Premature speculation is probably the most popular segment we have on this entire show in which we try to identify players you want to pick up this week off the waiver wire that will be hot pickups next week. But Blamo, they're already on your team. Blamo, we've decided is the official sound of premature speculation. Guys, Brian, let's start with you. Upon whom are you premature speculating? 
Oh, Jalen Richard. I feel like I always talk about Jalen Richard every year on the show. Uh, uh, I wish it'd stop. <laughs> snap percentage has gone up from 16% in week one to 31% in week two to 49% last week. He actually outsnapped Josh Jacobs in a blowout loss to the Vikings, and that could very well happen again in Indianapolis this week. Uh, actually, looking at the uh, Raiders' schedule, they could get blown out in uh, every week. It's not that uh, <laughs> too far-fetched, uh, especially in their next five games following this week against Indy. They all look like scripts or games that will be scripted for Richard mm-hmm. um, versus Chicago, then at Green Bay, at Houston versus Detroit, a great run defense, and the, uh, then uh, versus the Chargers, another solid run defense. So running back usage is a trend you should watch, and Richard is trending up, so he'll be relevant in PPR leagues sooner than later, probably this week. Okay. A little bit of a Scott. boring pre-spec here from me, Charge. Okay. Uh, Golden Tate comes off his suspension. Uh you might want to get him this week before people uh, before people try to get him next week. Comes off his suspension after this week. That Giants team, they got Gallman running the ball, mm-hmm. and they have not a lot of warm bodies at wide receiver. And yeah. Danny Dimes is dealing a little bit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, Golden Tate, it's my priest. I think Golden Tate's. Um, I think reasonably competent fantasy leagues yeah. have already got him taken. But there's a lot of casual leagues out there that people aren't paying attention. And Golden Tate is going to hit the news like. Tuesday of next week when he comes shows up for practice for the first time and people are like oh it's gonna do Golden Tate's back and you'll he'll you will already have him now I have two premature speculations one's not is not likely to be a scenario in your league but if anybody drops Jimmy Garoppolo because of the bye week go get him he's got a lot better over the course of the three weeks but I'm assuming he's gone in your league and he's not going to be dropped I'm going back to the guy I gave you in week one Richard Higgins. Well, unfortunately, he's been hurt ever since week one. But, and I know the Cleveland offense isn't going the right direction, but we're buying low, and, you know, they lost David Njoku. They need another big, warm, big-bodied receiver. That's Rashard Higgins. Um, they can't keep funneling everything to OBJ. I liked him then. I'm going to go back to the well now. He's available virtually every league. And uh, and you can get Rashard Higgins before he comes back and potentially has a good game. Although I don't think he, even if he plays this week, and I don't think he does, he would have a good game here. But I still like Rashard Higgins long term. Right. Pick him up and play him. Let's go but get into our final matchups, beginning with Dallas taking on the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Zeke is an obvious A uh, because the, Sh- the Saints run defense guys, so good last year and so not good this year. It's weird. They're giving up five yards per carry. Ooh. Last year, they were number one in the league at three and a half yards per carry. That's a huge differential. Remember last year, they were coming off the year where their their pass defense was shut down, but then last yeah. year, the pass defense went to straighten the garbage. But yeah, Go figure. Weird. Um, in three games, four backs have topped 50 yards against the Saints. Elliott leads the league in red zone rushing attempts and yards. He's an A grade. Dak Prescott, A grade. Another, another potential good game for him. Him here, New Orleans has allowed 10 quarterback touchdowns. Only Miami has allowed more than 10. Four of those 10 on the ground to quarterbacks. <laughs> They've given up a quarterback rushing touchdown in every game. The Saints wow. have. Here comes Dak Prescott, one of the most mobile, fleet-footed quarterbacks out there. If he does not run you to fantasy victory, he could pass his way there for you, which brings me to Amari Cooper, who also gets an A grade. He should be able to play through an ankle injury. He's been arguably fantasy football's best wide receiver this year with touchdowns in every game. Saints cornerback Marshawn Latimer shadowed Cooper when these two met last season. Cooper went eight targets, eight receptions in that game. 
So far this year, Lattimore has allowed 341 yards in his coverage. That's worst in the league. Marshawn Lattimore looked like he was one of the most promising young cornerbacks in the NFL two years ago. Now he's allowed the most yardage in the league. Uh, A grade for Mari Cooper. Let's talk about Randall Cobb. He was my take a chance on me wide receiver last week and had a 76-yard touchdown called back on penalty. I hate it when that happens. He draws an exploitable matchup in the slot against P.J. Williams, who's a huge gambler. If P.J. Williams decides he's going to try to, you know, Stretch out for an interception, doesn't get there, whatever. Randall Cobb startable in this game with a C grade. Jason Witten also a C grade here. The Saints just gave up 62 yards and a score to Will Disley. But that's the most yards they'd allowed to the position in two years. Witten has scored in two of three games this year, and he's posted a solid 54 yards in the other one. Let's go to the uh, Saints side. For the first time in I can't remember how long, I'm going to talk about two and the only two relevant Saints. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's Michael Thomas who gets a B grade. Teddy Bridgewater's passing even more discouraging. You want to hear something terrible about his passing? Well, let me go first and you go second. Okay. Did not throw a pass longer than 15 yards. Completed nine. He had 19 completed passes last week. Two of them were for more than nine yards. Jeez. Well, that makes sense with my stat. His average depth of target, like how far he throws it yes. on average, 3.3 yards. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Un, it's it's staggering. So Michael Thomas can only get believe, so much done. I believe that you know, was Mike Taglier also. I like to credit him. He needs some time. Teddy's still younger than Carson Wentz. Did you know that? Is he really? Jeez. Almost two wow. years younger yeah. than Carson Wentz. Uh, now, so back to Michael Thomas. Likely to struggle against a Cowboys secondary. That's allowed the seventh fewest yards. Just two touchdowns to wide receivers. He mostly runs on the outside, and that puts him on two very good cornerbacks, Byron Jones and Chidobe Awuzie. I think Michael Thomas, I think a B grade might be generous here, and I'm doing it mostly just on volume of catches. Then the only other guy to talk about for the Saints, of course, is Alvin Kamara, who's an A grade pretty much every week. And in his first full game with Teddy, he took 25 of the offense's 42 touches. He was uh, nine receptions, 92 receiving yards, and a air touchdown um, last week. That's his best in a year in basically all of those categories. And if we throw out the Dolphins, and I kind of wish the NFL would throw out the Dolphins, (laughs) Dallas has allowed a rushing touchdown to backs in five straight games. So Alvin Kamara gets an A. We were all wrong on Latavius Murray. Ever. No, I wasn't. Oh, were you? I at- was totally off. The, oh. I was totally off Latavius oh. Murray. Harrison was wrong on Latavius, Latavius Murray. Murray. Yeah, he used him exactly. as a sleeper. Yes. No. Sorry, deaths. Matt. Sorry. Uh, Jacksonville at Denver. Scott. This is a game in which it, football will be kind of played. Somewhat. <laughs> yeah. You will. There will be a pigskin involved in this yeah. game. Uh, Leonard Fournette had negative yardage until he broke the sixty-nine yard touchdown. Yep. Not touchdown. Sixty-nine yard run yep. last week. And yep. I would love it if you would just predict a negative yardage game here. I cannot do that. Okay. I, I'm going to do the exact opposite. Of really? That, All right. Uh, I'm giving Fournette an A grade here. Wow. Honestly, uh, he's he's had all but one of the Jaguars' running back touches. He's had at least 87 total yards in every 
game. I know that last week it took a huge run to get there. Um, he hasn't been he hasn't exploded for a huge day yet, and he hasn't scored yet. But this Denver D has allowed some pretty big games. They've allowed touchdowns to running backs in every game, including two to Jacobs and yeah. two to Jones. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that Fournette with his 19 to 25 touches a game finally gets gets off the schneid for not scoring. He's this is a buy low opportunity on yeah. Fournette for sure. There's some frustrated owners out there. In the passing game, I have Minshew on the bench. Denver is basically top four in almost every single category, and they faced Carr, Trubisky, Rodgers. Those three guys combined for two touchdowns and barely averaged over 200 yards. Mm. So he's on the bench. Chark, uh, I'm giving him a C grade only for his connection with Minshew. He keeps scoring. He keeps getting decent yards. It's it's. Not a good matchup uh, passing-wise, but Bryce Callahan and Kareem Jackson are unlikely to play, so the secondary is going to be a little light out there. Yeah, And they've been mostly burned by Tyrell Williams, Marquette, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, speed guys Those are speed like guys. De- yeah. like D.D. Westbrook is. Yeah. So I'm actually giving Westbrook a C-grade on the option that he might get a big play. Mm. And it, and if Chark gets a lot of Christopher Harris, I might not even want to play Well, him, that's honestly. the problem. That's right? the problem with, yeah. with Chark. I, I'm a little worried about Chark this week. On the other side, Flacco, I have on the bench, but I am... All of his passes are going to two guys, basically. It's it's Sutton and it's Sanders. And that's and, it. And they're just barely gaining enough to get C grades, mm-hmm. barely fantasy viable. Both of them are in the top five in red zone targets. They've yeah. combined for like 12 or 13 red zone targets uh, together. So I, I like their options there. C grades on them. C grades on both Lindsey and Freeman. I actually kind of mm-hmm. like both of them this week. Lindsey, because he gets, he gets good receiving work. He's averaging 19 touches per game. Freeman's averaging 14. 14 touches per game. They're running this offense a lot through the running game. Uh, the Jaguars are mostly allowing rushing attempts, though. 23 rush attempts per game, three receptions per game. So if I had to choose, I might lean Freeman over Lindsey this week. And yeah. I'm, I'm not alone on, on that out there after I did my research on it. So, um, But both C grades. All right, final matchup of the show: Tampa Bay taking on the L.A. Rams. Um, we've already talked. Feel like no, we, we got to oh, do Oakland. Sorry, sorry. Indy. Oakland. I apologize. No worries. Oakland. I was going to say we've done this one. Um, Oakland taking on Indy. Well, let's start with Josh Jacobs and what has been a pretty disappointing season after a promising Week One. All right, we'll start with Josh Jacobs, I guess, the least exciting Raider to talk about. But, uh, yeah, I'm just giving him a C. Uh, Gruden, John Gruden said they want to give him more targets, but I'll believe that when I see it. Uh, He has just three targets on the season. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm worried he gets phased out again uh, like he did last week against the Vikings as uh, the Raiders uh, supposedly, or we all assume, they'll fall behind the Colts. So, uh, you know, and I mentioned this earlier, Jalen Richard outsnapped Josh Jacobs last week, and there's danger of that happening again in a tough match matchup. So just to see for uh, Jacobs, uh, I don't have Richard uh, with the starting grade, but he is my pre-spec. So, uh, and if you are desperate in PPR, uh, he is worth an add. Um, to the passing game now, I know it's late in the show, but can you wake up that Peacock charge? Because oh, uh, we... what I would be happy. We have not had the Peacock yet all day. It was the second show of the preseason. I mentioned uh, as my sleeper a uh, virtually unknown guy named Darren Waller. Just go out and draft him. No one's drafting him. He had some potential this year. And... <laughs> 
Yeah, he's got a lot of potential. Uh, he's living up to it. He gets an A in this one, uh, basically demanding a third of Oakland's targets so far this year. The Colts will be without starting safety Malik Hooker, and uh, they will be down a starting linebacker as well. I'm sorry, his name uh, is slipping my mind at the moment. And uh, Austin Hooper scored twice last week. So yeah. uh, uh, Darren Waller, Darren Waller, excellent start. Arguably tight end one. I would start him over Zach Ertz if it came down to it. If I had to, if I had them both on the same team, it's, well, it's only Zach Ingram Ertz already or played, didn't score. So okay, I'm sorry. Right. I would have, I would have done that. Oh, okay, uh, anyway. sure. All right, okay. okay. <laughs> I promise I would have. Yeah. You know I would have. Yeah. Uh, Tyrell Williams going to give him a B. Uh, Keenan Allen uh, had a big game against Indy. Um, so, Williams, really the only wide receiver uh, with a warm body. 79, 79 targets are a lock. Uh, Derek Carr on the bench, though, because uh, he's Derek Carr. Over mm-hmm. to the Colts, Marlon Mack, easy A. Yeah. Oakland conceded 31 carries for 196 yards and two touchdowns to Minnesota backs last week. Mack had a minor uh, injury scare with the calf, but he touched the ball 18 times last week against Atlanta. That's a very safe floor for touches in this game. T.Y. Hilton is uh, listed as doubtful now with the quad. So, you just yeah, got to. And, and on Friday, they promoted Ashton Doolin from the practice squad. Yeah, it's so, a bad sign for T.Y. Yeah. Hilton. So that brings Paris Campbell, Deion Kane, yeah, and Zach baby. Pascal all into play. What uh, about Ashton Doolin? I'm a big uh, Ashton yeah. Doolin fan. <laughs> and, and Small guy. school guy, but he's super athletic. Yeah, let's go with him. I mean, yeah. Uh, no, Paris not- Campbell is a good, sneaky yes. play in this game. I like yes. Deion Kane more. It's really Do pick you? your poison. They all saw three targets last week. Or uh, Ashton Doolin. <laughs> Kane saw the most snaps. Pascal scored the touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Uh, my gut says Kane, but it's really a pick. These guys are going to, someone's going to have a good game. Maybe two of them, but um, who knows. And then Eric Ebron, a big bump with T.Y. Hilton out, mainly because T.Y. Hilton is second in red zone targets in the NFL right now. Wow. And that hurts Ebron, of course, but yeah. with Hilton out, um, it's, it's a good spot for for Ebron, it's a great matchup on paper. Teams targeting tight ends against the Raiders are 13 of 18 for 207 yards and a touchdown this season. And uh, with all those positive plays in the passing game, that made Jacoby Brissett your take-a-chance-on-me quarterback. Church. It is. Even without T.Y. Hilton, I still like Jacoby Brissett. I think he's uh, I think he's sitting on a fine game, and I think he's actually sitting on a pretty good season the rest of the way. He's available in a lot of leagues. You may want to go uh, snatch him up if you can. Uh, if you love the show... Go to fanball.com slash charge for my free player rankings, my free $1,000 weekly contest, guillotine leagues, all of our podcasts and more. And many thanks to everybody who takes the time to rank and review this show on your podcasting platform of choice. We very much appreciate that. Thank you for listening to Fantasy Football Weekly. Talk to you soon, everybody. Bye-bye. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102 if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.